This show is supported by generous listeners like you through our Patreon. This episode was underwritten by the Tamsin G Association and Warrior Queen. To learn more about ways to support Oh My Dollar and get cool perks like exclusive live streams and a fancy special icon on our forums, you can visit ohmydollar.com slash support. Welcome to Oh My Dollar, a personal finance show with a dash of glitter. Dealing with money can be scary and stressful, but here we give practical, friendly advice about money that helps you tackle the financial overwhelm. Here's your host, Lillian Kerbeck. And that was your other host, Will Romy. I thought that I was going to be the other host this morning. Yeah, well, Carl. But... No, I just wanted to know that Carl Castle. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take it. Will, we kind of have a depressing topic today. Fun. And it's changed since I've initially written the script for this episode. It has changed three times. So to it be is more depressing. It'll probably change by the time this show comes out. It actually it became more depressing and then became less depressing. And then, you know, it's just but it, I feel like we can't ignore it. Um, and, you know, we did a whole month of health health care topics back mm-hmm. in, during open enrollment in October and November. Uh, and I know a lot of our non-U.S. listeners just smugly listened away. Um, and I, I, I guess that's going to happen again, um, which is that the Affordable Care Act is kind of under threat. Uh, again yeah um, kind of constantly it seems like kind of constantly but like the way that the this administration has been trying to undo the aca has been chipping little bits of it off right Mm -hmm. so they they remove the individual mandate which in in the short term really doesn't have a lot of effects on people's personal finances except some people might choose to stop paying but in in the long term it makes the system more expensive because we don't have the people that don't need insurance right it seems like a complicated enough system that by losing some smaller parts you're going to be impacting thing as a whole yeah so i mean i guess what we're talking today about is you and like this is kind of maybe like a an audio therapy session for americans that are feeling like there's an impending collapse of what little grip we do have on healthcare universality, which we totally don't have universal healthcare, <laughs> but like what little grip we have collectively on healthcare. Um, and uh, if you haven't been following, I'm going to try to catch you up right now. And we're not going to spend too long in the politics of it because one, it's constantly changing and we're only a weekly show. Um, and two, it's it's a mess, right? <laughs> like, I don't want to spend a ton of time on politics. This is a show about you and your own finances. This is not a show about who's fighting with who in Washington. Um, and But here's what breaks down. Essentially, the Affordable Care Act... Uh, the ACA, also sometimes referred to as Obamacare, is the law that provides health care coverage and protections for millions of Americans. And this law was implemented under Obama. It, For uh, most people, it truly went into effect four to five years ago, depending on which provisions you have. And it is it is a massive omnibus, as you would call it, of a law, which means it involved Tons of reforms to a lot of things that unless you are in the healthcare industry, you probably have no idea about down to Mm -hmm. like the way they keep records. Um, But the big thing that impacts a lot of individuals is that this is the law that established the healthcare.gov and the individual marketplaces in states introduced the federal subsidies that if you are. Uh, below a certain income level would help support you to pay your monthly premiums and limit how much you would pay as an individual. Mm -hmm. And uh, also expanded Medicaid in, uh, 
I think as of right now, it's 39 states. Which is almost all of them for European listeners. Yeah, uh, yeah. we have we have uh, f- 50 states and, and, and two other non-states. So... <laughs> Puerto Rico and uh, Guam, Guam, and then well, and then we also have DC. I just like saying Guam. <laughs> okay, so here's the big, the big deal about this, right? There's there's that which is what a lot of people really think of, and, mm-hmm. and in many ways is the most visceral part of it, right? Because before the ACA passed, it was just one of those things that if you did not get it through your employer. It could be really, really challenging to have health insurance. Right, it'd be super expensive, or you just wouldn't have it. Yeah, and healthcare expenses are the leading cause of homelessness in this country. And now, healthcare is the second largest expense of most Americans after housing. Wow. So this is a big personal finance topic. This has a huge effect on people's lives. Um, Americans have a fear of healthcare expenses that is not pervasive in other countries the way it is here, and that is largely because our healthcare is a lot more expensive for what we get Mm -hmm. okay so as you know trump maybe didn't like a lot of things obama did and one of the side effects of the affordable care act it did a lot of things that increased access to health care for a ton of americans one thing that it did do was uh it it kind of raised the standard of what had to be included in health insurance. And because of that, in addition to some other things, premiums went up for a lot of people. And right. the cost of health insurance got a lot more expensive, mainly because people could no longer buy what were kind of called junk plans. We had an episode on that um, on Halloween. Right, so the super cheap plans that didn't really do much, but you were covered in some cases. Right. And, and now one of the big provisions that happened in the Affordable Care Act is that they had to cover people. So it used to be that it was like other insurance where they could say, eh, we're not going to cover you. <laughs> like, we're not going to extend you coverage because you're not a good risk. Yeah, and right? so the by requiring them to cover more people, rates went up across the board as they were sort Because of... people like me got coverage, right? We've talked about how I am responsible for your health insurance going up, Will. Mm-hmm. Like, I guarantee it. Um, and probably most people listening to this. And that is because I was what all of the economists... Uh, modeled as a young, healthy person. I looked like someone who didn't have a lot of history of, uh, you know, didn't have pre-existing conditions on my record because I had largely been putting off getting medical care because mm-hmm. I didn't have health insurance. And, uh, but in reality, I turned out to be someone who costs close to $40,000 a year to maintain. Right. <laughs> um, and, and that's because my, as we've talked about, ad nauseum on the show, my drug is $3,000 a month. So... Here's the thing. It, 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 they, they took away the individual mandate at the beginning of this year, which means that you can no longer get charged money if you do not uh, have health insurance. That was kind of it was kind of considered meh, whatever. OK, so there's one big thing. If you haven't been following the whole law was invalidated by a judge in Texas late last year, which wasn't necessarily like things move through courts slowly it wasn't a big deal uh here's the big thing though that was one of the most conservative courts in the country and normally the administration or the federal government would then fight that in court right because it's their law yeah <laughs> um however it isn't the trump administration's law and they just declined to fight it oh so, so they're sort of allowing that decision from a lower court to hold well it, it's not being. that the lower court will hold it it's going to go up all the way probably likely to the supreme court um but 
And the Supreme Court has already done some rulings, which is part of what got rid of the individual mandate. Whoo, fun things. Okay, anyway. <laughs> uh, but uh, a bunch of liberal states banded together because states have the power to kind of also sue. States have a lot of power in this situation. So a bunch of liberal states got together, and they're fighting fighting it. Okay, yeah, yeah that <laughs> um, makes sense. And because states... States are actually the provider of medical care, and they are the regulators of the insurance market. So the insurance market isn't actually regulated at a federal level other than the Affordable Care Act. Most insurance regulation happens at the state level. Yeah. Um, and because of that, they have grounds, right? So I'm not a lawyer, but th that's essentially right, right. what It's happened. a state issue, yeah. So here's, but here's the latest development. So that was late last year. Two weeks ago, the Justice Department said they now have the position that the entire law, not just the individual mandate, should be scrapped. Mm -hmm. This is a huge deal. So uh, this could affect, at a minimum, 21 million Americans. And these are the people like me and you that are on the healthcare.gov plans. And this also includes people that get low-income coverage through Medicaid. Right. Which goes by a bunch of different names. It goes by... Oregon Health Plan in Oregon. It goes by Kentucky Cares. Uh, you know, it's, it's still Medicaid, kind of across. The, it's Medicaid the board, across yeah. the board. It's Medicaid funding. So, this Texas ruling came after the Justice Department, under former Attorney General Jeff Session, argued that the community rating rule, guaranteed issue rule, whatever, whatever legalese, the protections for people with pre-existing conditions could not be defended, but the rest of the law could stand. Right. Well, and that kind of seems like one of the tent poles. The pre-existing conditions is wildly popular, even among conservative people that otherwise are not in support of Obamacare. Mm -hmm. So th I, this is a big deal because um, essentially the the parts that they're that they were trying to dismantle are in fact probably the most politically popular parts even among constituents that would otherwise support trump scrapping things here's the thing trump is in the middle we're, we started the 2020 election cycle if you're not aware mm -hmm. <laughs> we're fully in it now back in 2016 yeah trump in his grandstanding statement says that republicans would pass a truly great health care plan after they supposedly win back the house and hold on to the senate in november 2020 he also said that the Republican Party will now be known as the party of health care oh, in yeah. the future. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. But here's the other thing. Essentially, Trump just today backed off his plans after Mitch McConnell, uh, Senator Mitch McConnell, privately warned him that essentially the Senate is not going to revisit health care in a comprehensive way before the 2020 elections. Right. It does just seem politically like a bad move. Though. Well, and right now we have Democrats uh, in control and of of Congress, and it, it's just unlikely that they, that they can do something like they that can without do a one-party government. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So... The Justice Department's court filing came at a really opportune time for House Democrats, who then the very next day tried to roll out a health care plan that builded, built on top of the Affordable Health Care Act. So oh, there's so much stuff to this, and I don't want to get too much into the politics, but... Yeah, so like practically, what, what impacts would there be with things that are going on? Oh, so many things. So just Trump doesn't like the ACA, not big news. 
But the reason we're still talking about this is that this is still very much on the table. So the good news is that it sounds like nothing is going to happen until after the 2020 election. But this is kind of like Brexit at this point, where I feel like every other week there's a new update on Mm -hmm. what's happening with ACA. And this is still moving through the courts, right? So that Texas ruling is still moving through the courts. This is not just because they don't want to put something new out on out in Senate does not mean that this that stopped what's happening in the courts. Um, if this goes away, this could be the end of provisions that eliminate denying coverage to people with pre-existing conditions. Yeah, um, like we're talking about. So 52 million people, according to Kaiser's study that they did two years ago, have conditions serious enough that insurers would outright deny them coverage if the ACA was not in effect. Oh, okay. So I mean, that's just a little less than like a sixth of the United States population. It's not. It's a big deal. It's a. It's yeah. a big deal. That's a lot of people. Yeah. It's a. Uh, you have asthma, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that you you you're not getting it. Uh huh. Nah. It's well. Yeah. I guess I don't know how 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 slight it matters. But yeah. Sure. If you've had a UTI as a woman, you can get uh, ever in your life, which like most most people do. Most <laughs> women have at some point or a yeast infection. Uh. I would never get it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Nobody wants to insure me. Yeah, uh, I mean, that, 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 that's, you know, like I said, a sixth of the people in the country. It's, it's a big <laughs> deal. It's a big deal. Uh, the federal subsidies that help cover the cost of insurance for those who can't afford it but fall above the poverty line, which is also called the marketplace subsidies, which is what I receive, mm-hmm. uh, would go away. Yeah, 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 because that's what I've got. Yep. And then Medicaid, which uh, previously I think we've both been on, which is low-income health care. Oregon Health Plan is what it's called in Oregon, is the expansion that covers 12 million Americans who fall below 150% of the poverty line. Medicaid would just, the expansion would just go away. It would it would revert back to what it was previously. In Oregon, that was that only children and pregnant women were covered. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, they also had, like, 200 people who got it through a lottery system for <laughs> A huh. year or two. So is OHP not covering everybody prior to the ACA? No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. No, no, no. It, it was, it, and that is because the Medicaid expansion, 90% of that um, cost up to 90% is guaranteed to be paid for by the federal government through the ACA. Most states cannot afford to pay for Medicaid all on their own. And hmm. this would yank that federal funding. All fiscal estimates I've seen that said no matter how liberal a state is, Oregon obviously really puts health care of low-income citizens as a priority. OHP is probably one of the most comprehensive Medicaid programs in the country. Uh, we're incredibly liberal as far as our, our, our makeup of our politicians. But we couldn't afford it. We just literally couldn't afford it. All the fiscal estimates I've seen has said the only state that could afford to keep up Medicaid expansion uh, and the subsidies for marketplace coverage for uh, people that you know f- are above the Medicaid line mm-hmm. would be California, mm-hmm. and that's because California would is the fifth largest economy in the world if it right. was its, own, its own country, yeah. right? Um, and California, wow, that's interesting though. That's... California is likely that it would keep it around. Um, they're very determined to do things their own way, uh-huh. <laughs> and they have the taxes to be able to <laughs> pull it off, right? right? Hmm. Um, I don't know that. That's a, that's that, that's a surprising fact. Yeah, it's a big that deal. They even have that. Yeah, but cool. That's good for California. <laughs> good for California. Um, healthcare coverage for children whose families above the poverty level, but who still couldn't afford or find coverage through the children's health insurance plan, otherwise known as CHIP, which is not mm-hmm. the same as Medicaid, uh, that would disappear. 
Um, access to opiate ad- addiction treatment for low-income Americans. Trump has made this statement that you know he really wants to to work on fighting uh, the, the opioid crisis in the United States, and essentially Medicaid uh, being covered by opioid addiction is part of the ACA. There's there's other there's just other things. One of the really universally popular things is the ability to cover your adult child up till the age of 26 on your health insurance. Yes, that one was nice up until I was 26. Yeah, it was really great for like the three months between when it passed and went into effect and I turned 26. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And it's great if your parents have good health insurance. Um, And for a lot of people, it's at no additional cost if they have really good health insurance. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Coverage for preventative service. So we've talked about this before. There's a bunch of provisions uh, under the ACA, that means that you get free preventative service even if you haven't met your deductible. So your annual exam, your uh, you know your well woman exam, OBGYN exam, uh, these are things that are considered um, preventative services, and uh, your flu shot and are covered even if you have not met your deductible. Hmm. But there's also like way nerdier things. So the regulatory pathway for the FDA approval of biosimilars, which are generics for the most expensive class of drugs, uh, which are called biologicals, which right. is the kind yeah, of yeah, on to bring bring down those expensive costs. And and here's the thing: right now, there uh, this is the only thing holding together a regu- regulatory pathway to have generics for biologicals, otherwise known as biosimilars, and um, that is the only thing we can hope for over the long term, bringing that cost down. And if if this disappears, <laughs> like this, almost every drug in production in research and development right now is a biological. It's part of that class of drugs. We've we've discovered all the compound drugs we're going to find at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so everything that's being researched is currently in the biological class. So um, this is a big deal. Like new generics being created is is less and less likely if this disappears. Here's another one. It requires many employers, larger employers, to provide reasonable break time and a private space for nursing mothers to pump breast milk. Huh. I didn't know that was a part of the ACA. That's good, though. It's... I mean, like I said, it's an omnibus bill, meaning yeah. it's a bus just right. filled with things. things. It is. It is. There's also a bunch of things about the way hospitals document and cost care provisions and lots of things, right? So if this disappears, all that, all that's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I guess I guess the real question is, like, how does this affect us? Well, you and me don't have health insurance if this goes away. Um, uh, I got to go get a job at a corporation. Right. right. So yeah, because th- mine, mine's very subsidied. I pay, I just paid it, I should know, twenty two ninety seven or something real cheap for it. And I'm sure it's much more without a subsidy. Yeah. So I pay, uh, I get a subsidy of $274 a month for mine right now. Um, but even without the subsidy, I'm uninsurable, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it like I'm willing to not get the subsidy. I would adjust my budget to do that. I care about health insurance. It represents my values yeah. uh, in my budget. Um, but the big thing is that the the sub- regardless of that, I would not be able to buy it on the exchange. I would fall into that group of 52 million Americans that would mm-hmm. not be able to just buy it. Right. So go find some corporate job. Also, <laughs> there, yeah, I would have to find a corporate job. Um, 
on average, the subsidies cover $525 of a 612 monthly premium for customers in the 39 states that use the federal marketplace healthcare.gov. Uh, and this is according to a report from the Department of Hum Health and Human Services. So if the marketplace subsidies go away, a comprehensive health plan will become unaffordable for most of these people, right? Mm -hmm. Like most people cannot afford to add a $525 expense to their budget yeah, monthly, in a month. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're in the category of someone who qualifies for the monthly subsidies. It means you probably have a little less right, wiggle if you've room. Got a, yeah. <laughs> if you've got a subsidy, you're probably not making a ton to begin with. So, I mean, I'm super affected. My drug is $3,000 a month. I, I get this subsidy. I'm very much fall in this category. Uh, this, what can you do? So what the questions are kind of what you can do. Well, a lot of people kind of revert back to the options that they had before we had comprehensive healthcare coverage. One of the big ones is, okay, do you stay or get a corporate job, right? So this reduces the amount of people that are interested in entrepreneurship or uh, you know, part-time work and mm -hmm. things like that, simply because uh, you go and find a job. There's... Right, right. Because then you're trading off healthcare for that sort of work. <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Um, and and if you do have a corporate job, then you're uh, you know you're likely going to be covered regardless of your pre-existing condition. Um, un uh, if you have continuous coverage, which is a whole other thing. Yeah. So you don't. The other thing is that people will likely be more likely. We've talked about these games you can play with Cobra before, right? Mm -hmm. Where you can just kind of choose to not do Cobra. Uh, people will now continue to pay probably if this goes away a lot of money for Cobra because one of the ways to not lose, uh, to not be opted out of pre-existing conditions is oh, to, right, to have continuous coverage, continuous coverage oh. and you have to have this this certificate this statement of continuous coverage and, and that's where cobra comes and in, that's where cobra comes in which might mean you're paying a thousand bucks a month if you quit your job yeah. and we did an episode on cobra we've done i think two, two episodes uh, yeah. on cobra so uh, as it stands you should listen to those episodes and probably cobra doesn't make the most sense because you have more options but cobra was implemented before the aca and, and perhaps after and yes. it <laughs> might it might have stuck around for good uh. reason right um, so I asked some people on the Oh My Dollar forums, shout out to the Oh My Dollar forums, which are going extremely well. Um, and they're a really fun, nice place. You should come join them uh, if you are interested in having conversations on the Internet about money. But I asked some people like how it would affect them. Gray said the collapse of the ACA would mean at a minimum myself or my partner would likely work for an employer enough for employer provided health insurance or work for ourselves successfully enough to pay for health insurance without subsidies. Assuming my pre-existing condition of IBS and anxiety didn't make companies refuse to insure me. Being refused insurance would also make it risky to do something like not working at all while training for a new career, making it very likely I'll be attempting to work part-time while doing career training while also raising kids. R. Daniel from the forums said, I'm, I'm not going to personally be affected because, honestly, I didn't think the ACA would last, be that workable, so I never relied on it and never had to. And with all my pre-existing stuff, buying insurance outright is at a minimum of $1,200 a month anyway. Before the ACA was in the pre-existing conditions denial group, and I still would be if it went away. And I did have to pay out of pocket because I didn't get enough coverage through work. I had to get family help for that or I would have been totally effed <laughs> the only reason things are fine for me now is because i'm married to a guy with a well-paying job and great health insurance husband will probably not retire early no matter how much wealth we accrue just for the health insurance alone unless we move to another country which is something we talk about occasionally hmm. well that's scary 
this is one of the big things, right? Like, is largely health insurance was the reason a lot of people that would have been willing to retrain, take time off to raise kids, strike out on their own from a corporate job, didn't do that before the ACA, and we're going to see the return of that. Right, and the continuous coverage aspect makes that even more vital. Oh, it's so fun. It's so fun. Anna from the forum says, Staying on my parents' insurance let me go to grad school and still have access to my miracle drug, which has kept me in remission for 12 years. Grad school... Grad school led me to getting into my dream career with increased earning. Luckily, my fiancé is also the white-collar type, so that we should be okay if something were to happen to my job. I could be on his insurance, but so many things can happen, and this would remove a huge safety net for us. Well, that one's kind of scary, too, because it definitely shows her taking advantage of the ACA to go to grad school to get her dream career yeah. with increased earning and get insurance differently. And also, is... you know, a drug that's had her in remission for 12 years, not to be... No, that's not, a good thing, not, too. <laughs> not to be late. Like, I I didn't, I wasn't able to find my own drug before the ACA because I wasn't able to seek treatment for it. And 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 now I'm, I'm pretty much almost symptom-free um, because I have access to this drug. The... One of the things I do think will be an option for people, which we did see before, is marriages, right? So two people here have mentioned, like, I might not keep this up, but my partner has really good insurance, or we could put my partner on my insurance. And I largely think I have been to a few health insurance weddings uh, before the ACA, and I think it's entirely possible we may see the rise of those again. And I think one of the things that was interesting is a lot of liberal or large employers had implemented domestic partner coverage um, before gay marriage was legalized. Oh, that's true. I do remember that. Yeah. That's... And so you didn't necessarily have to be married. You just had to be meet whatever the requirements were for domestic partnership. Right. Cohabitation and, or something. Right. Yeah. And this was largely large employers and usually employers with fa- fairly liberal policies that did this. And they did this because some states gay marriage was legal and some states weren't. And so if they worked across states where this wasn't true it was easier to just do a domestic partnership benefit right a lot of employers have gotten rid of the domestic partner benefit since one the ACA and the cost of premiums has gone up for insurers for employers and two since gay marriage has passed because no longer is it like oh is it a regulatory nightmare if you operate in different states right and you know maybe like they are good employers and support gay marriage. Right. But, <laughs> um, but it's kind of a bummer, right? Because domestic partnership, uh, if you don't want to participate in the institution of marriage, which is totally valid, was a way to kind of get the, the insurance bit, yeah. benefit right, of it and possibly other benefits. Um, so... I, I do think that that ends up being a possibility. Um, we have someone on the forums who is actually uh, going to work on a guide of kind of expat fleeing of the country for healthcare reasons and evaluate oh, cool. some I'd countries. I'd love to read that. Uh, pretty in-depth, though, so I'm not sure when it'll be out. Probably not before this episode, but uh, we will definitely link it in the show notes when it does come out. So one, one thing that Triz Pryor from the forums pointed out was that Honestly, though, I'm more afraid of the lifetime cap going away. A family friend got caught up in that. He died with hundreds of thousands of dollars of medical debt because brain cancer will get you up to that lifetime limit pretty damned quickly. Yikes. So uh, that's actually a really big one is that we didn't mention in the incredibly long list of the things that were passed in the ACA. But one of those is the elimination of the ability to have a lifetime cap on how much people can pay out. So one of the big things is that if you had a kid that was born premature, they could hit their lifetime limit 
the first three days they were alive. Um, and then they literally, the insurance wouldn't pay out after that, right? Um, common lifetime limits were $500,000 or a million dollars, which sounds like an absolutely bananas amount of money to spend but right, but medical treatment super expensive yeah, right. and inflated and if you get medevaced to a hospital and uh you're in the icu for a couple days or if you go through long-term treatment for something like brain cancer where you are in expensive treatments for a really long period of time all of those things add up so that's one of the big ones. And that was prior to the ACA, a lot of people that did have really expensive conditions had multiple health insurance policies because they were going to hit the cap on one. Mm-hmm. Um, so do maybe we see that come back. So am I just predicting a return to the dark times? Is that what this entire episode is? Yes. Okay. So <laughs> things you can do to prepare. One is if you feel like you might be affected by this, which frankly, if you're an American probably will be you probably will be in some way right the, the all of these all of these things add up to all insurance plans not just it's not just people on the exchange it's not just people on medicaid it's not just people with pre-existing conditions like you have to understand that this bundles in so many regulations that if the aca goes away it affects almost everyone so one thing is to keep up to date we will try to keep you updated on the show <laughs> as things pull off the other thing i would say is that um even though one, courts are slow. Two, Trump has just said that they're not going to do anything till after the 2020 election. So that's your timeline. Just sort of a relief. <laughs> sort of a relief, right? <laughs> the other thing to understand is that insurance markets are really slow because regulation is really heavy in them mm-hmm. for good reason. And it's just like seems like complex, dense policy. Yeah. And because of that, but and, and they're regulated on an, a, an annual basis. And usually that's done more than a year out. So... This is the thing. It's going to be slow-moving molasses, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> right? So if you're making plans, like, I don't know, applying for a work visa in another country or something, uh, marrying a Canadian, I don't know, uh, just know that you're going to have some some predictions and some time. That being said... Uh, I don't know. You know someone with a good government job. Uh, maybe you want to marry. Just you can <laughs> you do should that. Probably do it. Just go for it. Uh, endorsed by Oh My Dollar as a smart financial decision. Um, I I don't know. Will are you? How are you feeling about this? I I wonder if this is just a collective crying episode. But I just wanted to tell people what's going on. Yeah, I mean, I I have cheap insurance and I like it. Um, and you don't want it to go away. I don't want it to go away. Yeah, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the consensus. <laughs> yeah, I um, I think the thing that is like a little heartbreaking for me is that. It wasn't a super great system under the ACA, but I f- we had fixed a couple of the problems, and I'm sad to think that we might just go back to having none of those problems fixed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, back back to square one is frustrating. Yeah, because I th- I feel like building upon it and trying to fix some of the deeply rooted issues in in the system. Uh, that that do make costs costs go up and inflate way beyond the rate that costs for other things inflate that fix the things like you know five hundred dollar screws uh, that they put into your wrist when you break your wrist and you know two hundred dollar q-tips in the mm-hmm. hospital like those kind of things are things that we could fix and i'm just sad yeah it's a bummer 
Well, on that note. (laughs) Yeah, sorry to bum you out. Uh, If you want to come talk more about this, uh, Oh My Dollar Forums is essentially a group therapy session. (laughs) Yeah, and we have, you know, cat pictures. So that's what's going on. There's no clear answers. I guess that's what I want to tell you is there's no clear answers. Starbucks gives you health insurance for being a part-time employee. (laughs) (laughs) That wraps your show for today. We love hearing from you, even when it's depressing. Email us your financial worries or successes at questions at OhMyDollar or tweet us at Anomalily or at OhMyDollar. Our producer is Will Romy, me. Our intro music is by Aaron Parecki, and your host and personal finance educator is Lillian Kerbeck. Thanks for listening. Until next time, remember to manage your money so you have health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> manage your money and fix your government Yeah, <laughs> so it doesn't manage you. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.